Hello again everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Talkin' TV. I'm your host, Mike Stein, and today we will be talking about campus. Campus is a fun show I found on Netflix, created by the same woman who created Smack the Pony, a British sketch show that ran in the late 90s, early 2000s, and also the very successful sitcom Green Wing, which I spoke on in a previous podcast. Campus takes place at a fictional university called Kirk University, and it is an extremely character-centric show, as many of these short British television shows seem to be. They really focused on just packing as many jokes and laughs and gags into these characters they create as many as they can in the 45 minutes of screen time they get every episode. Let's start by running through the different main characters here at Kirk University. The vice chancellor is Jaunty DeWolf. He is a cross, I'd say, between David Brent of the British office and Dean Pelton of Community. For I am John T. DeWolf, Vice-Chancellor of Kirk University. Under John T., we have a couple of professors that we follow around, the first of which being Professor Matthew Beer, having a very Shakespearean name. And I'll just let Beer describe himself as he has the perfect description. You know what you are? A little bit Clooney, a little bit Basil Brush. Professor Beer certainly lives up to this description. He plays the womanizing, sort of not giving a fuck type of professor. Although he is tripped up by our next character we follow around, Professor Imogen Moffat, who essentially plays a foil to Professor Beer and really ends up playing the main, his main love interest, spurring his character growth which comes about because of another one of our characters, Flatpak, Professor Beer's graduate assistant. Innocence is Bliss kind of describes Flatpak. He's a young, he knows nothing better, and he gets entangled in this Professor Beer and Imogen Moffat creating a love triangle of sorts. Another one of our characters is Lydia Tennant, which I could not think of a good combination of characters to describe Lydia. She's a very straightforward woman. She tells you how she's feeling, and a lot of the times that comes out very humorously. The next two characters uh, work together throughout the series. They're, they share one of the main plots, the first of which is Nicole Huggins, who plays the love interest of our other character, Jason Armitage. And their plot is essentially Jason is stuck in a very poor, abusive type relationship. Nicole wants to intervene in this and go out with Jason. Jason has no idea and is so whipped to his his fiance. So Nicole ends up telling him that She's a lesbian in order for them to be able to still hang out, and it just progresses from there.
This is a very short show, so I don't have many discussion topics to speak on. Just a couple of quick things I wanted to hit, and then we'll get straight to the awards. First of all, I when I was watching this and re-watching it, it felt like a very strange pilot at first. When I was on my rewatch, it just felt like another episode in the series, but definitely the first time getting into it, it's a little different. They hit you with a, a hard, jaunty bit right at the beginning, and honestly, in the first episode, and the first time you're going through it, it does feel like jaunty is either just trying way too hard to be ridiculous or is going overboard and just running way too far with a joke. But then when you're rewatching the pilot, you're just like, oh, that's just after you've watched the whole series, you're rewatching the pilot. It just feels like, oh, it's just jaunty being jaunty. I don't know if there is a distinguishing point between jaunty being jaunty and jaunty going too far. I think that's just going to be up to personal taste, I suppose. Um, Another strange thing, and this is just something I've noticed with a lot of these shorter British shows as well, is there's very anticlimactic endings a lot of the times in a lot of these episodes. A lot of the strongest jokes will be either with like 10 minutes to go or 5 minutes to go in the episode, and then you get a, a nice trailing off joke at the end just to send you off although they do have pretty strong jokes while the credits are running which could count as the climactic joke of the episode i suppose but it's just different it's just a different kind of format you're usually used to at least in a lot of the american shows i've grown up with especially something like a curb your enthusiasm or seinfeld you're always expecting that big hit at the end be on your toes as they could hit you with one of the best jokes of the episode halfway through. You just don't you just don't know what's when it's coming. Another note, I didn't I personally felt there wasn't enough Professor Beer and Jaunty to Wolf scenes. They were they had really great chemistry together. Jaunty was crazy enough and witty enough to keep up with Beer and Beer was just afraid enough of Jaunty where he couldn't really put his major Professor Beer charm on to charm him. Two great characters who, just heavyweight characters going at it with each other. And lastly, there seems to be a prevailing opinion online about this show that it is too similar to Green Wing, which I just completely disagree with. The... Humor is similar because it's created by the same person, but the jokes are all different. The characters are almost all completely different. Sure, you've got the witty guy, the dumb person, the person in authority who is incompetent, but let's just take, for example, the two most ridiculous characters that you'd probably equate would be Jaunty to Wolf and Statham, the incompetent characters who are in charge and screw everything up well jaunty is almost the complete opposite of statham jaunty is an overcharged super confident guy whereas statham is super insecure man child the other similarities seem to come about because of some of the plots with 
some of the romance and stuff like that. But I think you can compare that to any type of sitcom. I mean, everything's going to have some kind of romance. And honestly, in Green Wing, it was a little more uh, dramatized, I'd say. Whereas this one, the both romances, whether it be Imogen and Beer or Nicole and Jason, were both much more focused on the humor aspect of it than the relationship aspect of it. I feel like this is a lazy opinion that would be similar to someone saying that Curb Your Enthusiasm is too similar to Seinfeld. Same type of humor, but completely different situations and completely different characters. That will take us to the award section of our presentation. The first award I will be giving out today will be the best character monologuist. So this award essentially came about because this show has a lot of jokes that are monologues or about a couple of lines in a row. And I wanted to distinguish between this and the one-liner award. So let's begin with a nice monologue from Jaunty DeWolf. My stories, like any other ex-jockey who gained weight and had to grasp at the hairy bottom of life, clawing his way to the upper bowels. But I've sucked from the goblet of power, and I'm probably immortal. Jaunty has many of these types of monologues while sitting at his desk. A lot of them begin the episode or close the episode and are pretty great. Here's one more while him explaining what he's going to do with a certain piece of his body after he dies. I, Jaunty Flaps de Wolf, do hereby decree that upon my death I leave my organs to scientific research, not to people. In addition, my scrotal sack I bequeath to Kirk University. The sack is of overlarge proportions and is a fitting tribute to me and my time as lecturer in this fine establishment. A legacy for leaders and students to come. Another candidate for the award of best monologuist is Lydia Tennant. Lydia has, again, just like Jaunty, a recurring theme of these throughout the series. A lot of times she'll be holding up a tape recorder, talking to herself, walking through campus, saying things such as this. My father once told me that my vagina would hold me back in life. My mother told me the prejudices of men would hold me back in life. My grandmother said my mother and father were cunts. Who'd you believe? I think if I was doing an underrated character award for this series, Lydia would probably win that. She has many of these great little three to four liners just that serve as transitions during episodes that are just fantastic. And lastly... We have two characters that was a really tough debate for me to win this award, but we'll start with the runner-up, Jason Armitage, describing his life. I'm a fairly average accountant at the best of times. I, I go off and shout in fields. My girlfriend pinches me in the night and then pretends to be asleep. I'm the one. I'm the one who should be let go. I think Jason is my favorite character on this show. He certainly wasn't on, the, on my first watch, but on a rewatch, he just really shown he's just such a dry character he says the weirdest things and just the most low-key 
everyday tone and then i'll slip past you if you're not paying attention but if you are whew, it's some of the best stuff i'm gonna play one more monologue from him he's actually got more than just one more great one but i'm saving a couple for later awards in the show so this monologue a little setup for it jason is the accountant at kirk university and has accidentally paid everybody twice for this month of the year, and now nobody wants to give their money back. Hear this, men in the urinals and toilets. You will all pay back the money. You have a moral obligation. I warn you, I will show no mercy. I will break limbs and cripple you. Unless you're already crippled, disabled, and then obviously I won't disable you further. But be warned, men in wheelchairs, I can make things very difficult for you too. I'll stab you with a compass. I'll, I've got a big stapler and I'll, I'm not afraid to use it. Which brings us to the winner of the best monologuist on the show, Professor Matthew Beer. Now really, I'm, this is a 1A, 1B situation with Beer and Jason. However, Matthew did have two of the best ones on the show. The first one starts with a nice pun on Professor Beer's own name. But it seems that you haven't achieved anything at all. Really? Oh, well, poor me. Why steal the biology department's cloned pig and hog roast it? Hmm? Why spend a week making love to the Afro-Caribbean society? Why charge through a staff meeting wearing just my backpack? Why put dog shit in Lydia's shoes? You think you're fulfilled? You wouldn't know true fulfillment if it covered itself in maple syrup and offered itself up to you on a waffle. Have you cried till you threw up? Drunk yourself sober? Had your heart broken by your mother's best friend? No, I thought not. And I don't imagine you've ever worn a papier-mâché bra. Well, I have. And lastly, personally, one of my favorite moments on the show, Professor Beer is approached by one of his own students in the hallway. Who are you? I'm one of your students. Why don't I recognize you? I guess because you never teach us. What do you want from me? I need help on the frontier of oh, right. what, What's your name, little man? Conrad. Right, Conrad, is this something you can Google? I don't think I should. Well, I... here's our dilemma, Conrad. If you can't Google it, then I can't Google it. If me know Google and you know Google, we're fucked. Next time, be a girl. Which is only made better by the fact that Professor Beer is the English professor at Kirk University. The next award we're going to get to is the best plotline of the season. This award was a little difficult for the show. As I mentioned before, there's not much plot here, which I think is why I really enjoy this show. It's really just 24-7 comedy, but there are some very good plots here at work. And just a couple of the candidates, I don't have any clips for them, but their running plots throughout multiple episodes are one jaunty versus the canadian consultant the canadian plays a very good foil and enemy to jaunty throughout the, the couple episodes she can take all of his ridiculousness and throw it back in his face or she just doesn't even respond to it this makes jaunty go even farther and farther this is a good dynamic a good plot Another one is that I enjoyed was Professor Beer vs. Flatpak to win Imogen's affections. This was good just to really show that 
a young kid can really get under Professor Beer's skin and push him to the limits. And it really spurred, like I said in the beginning, some good character growth out of Professor Beer to make some changes in his life to really go after Imogen Moffat. Other than these two main plot lines, there were two others that really shone above the rest, both involving Jason Armitage, the first of which being Jaunty forcing Jason to fire one of the three people named Grace at the university. You see in this building we have three women called Grace all working here. Three. Anybody can see this is greedy. How many women called Grace do you think a business like ours can sustain? It's just a name. But two is the answer, two. Jason ends up asking the three Graces different trivia questions and things such as which type of cat would you save and describes each of the Graces as cats to try and get them to fire one of themselves. Obviously, this ends up very unsuccessfully for Jason and leads to him trying to get himself fired. The other candidate involving Jason, which is going to win the best plot of the season award, is the love triangle between Jason, his fiancée Cecilia, and his co-worker Nicole Huggins. Jason and Cecilia's relationship is just ridiculous. Here is just one example. Cecilia Hare family is very rich but genetically interesting they all have eyes widely set almost on the sides of the heads well, like a hair exactly they think that's where the surname must come from so cecilia looks a little unsettling but to be fair she's also very difficult to creep up on <laughs> you have tried to creep up on her it's how she rationed sex yeah, she'd, uh, she'd hide in the orchard, concealed somewhere in the tall grass, and if I could find her, we were allowed to do it, but um, I could never find her. Anytime I got anywhere near, she'd suddenly bolt. This plot has such a great progression with Nicole telling Jason that she's a lesbian, of course lying, and which means that they can do anything together because she's gay. He can feel her up, she can feel him up, they can hang out all they want and this progresses more even to even more of a lesbian relationship honestly jason becomes more of a girl and a lesbian he plays netball he puts on a skirt it's just a great plot progression as it goes and jason has so many wonderful moments here i'll leave you with one more before we get to the next award yeah, she, uh, you know, she thinks I'm not paying enough attention in that. Oh, only one kiss, are you sure? Uh, I've not done any kisses yet. Jason X. Oh, no, 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 that's what she thinks I'm called. Uh, early on, I sent her an email with a kiss, and then I worried that I'd gone too far too soon, and so I said it wasn't a kiss, but it was actually my name. She thinks it's called Jasonks. Jasonics. I told her it's Greek. awards don't have any audio clips accompanying them so i'm going to run through those pretty quickly first of all the best gag of the season some candidates here john t secretly showing up places like as the ice cream man or as the coffee person is great very gene parmesan-esque from arrested development jason in the bathroom when 
Huggins brings him a beer to cheer him up, but he can't drink because he has beer rash, so he just mimes mime drinks the beer is really great. The jaunty phone bit where he has he just keeps discovering new phones all around his office and they won't stop ringing is very surreal and pretty great. Something you'd see in Wet Hot American Summer. Lydia having to find somebody to go on vacation with her because it's more expensive to go as a single person and nobody wants to go with her. Another Lydia gag was her collecting money for her own birthday like it was a charity. And finally, the winner of the best gag of the series award is going to go to Jaunty DeWoof when he stuffs the bank manager into the cupboard in one of the first episodes. The bank manager is just trying to explain the poor financial situation that Kirk University is in, and Jaunty physically stuffs this man into a cupboard, locks it, and he's locked in there for at least six or seven hours. The next award I'm going to go through is the best physical bit of the season. This show had a lot of great physical laugh out loud moments just to run through some of these again quickly because there's no audio one was jaunty with the owl on his head and he can't find him and it's hooing and he's looking all over and the owl is just on his head the whole time another good jaunty one was him wearing the money sign contacts like he was a cartoon when the canadian consultant was trying to address him flat Reading the poem in Imogen's lecture was great, like climbing on the desks in front of all these students, reading these really heartfelt, intimate poems. Beer with the horse yawning is great. The Canadian consultant tells Beer that he looks like a horse yawning when he comes. This was one of the biggest laughs of of the series when he actually makes the (laughs) the physical action of looking like a horse yawning i wish i could somehow convey this in an audio form but just wasn't possible another great one was the netball team that i think i mentioned earlier with jason and their name is the kirk university netball team and if you spell that it is the cunt netball team k-u-n-t and the winner of the best physical bit of the series is going to go to Professor Beer when he catches up with Jason and Imogen talking and Jason is being annoying and Beer grabs the ball and yells fetch and throws the ball and Jason immediately runs off. Alright, we're going to end the show with the best one-liner award of the series slash season. Let's start with a great one from John T. DeWolf. I have just bequeathed my scrotal sack to the university. Want me to keep your testicles in? I want to send Mrs. DeWolf's mouth, but I think that may be uncouth. One more great one here from John T. Talking about the Canadian consultant doing the audit on Kirk University. The fi-fo-fum. I smell the stench of consultant's bum. Here's a great one-liner from Flatpak describing his feelings on decorators. 
Why don't you go and watch it in there? Well, they're decorating. I'm not comfortable decorating. Oh, no. Maybe my boys could hype it. Well, do you think they might be sniffing your chair and wiping their penis all over your pencil pot? No. Only because that's what they did to my mates. Well, they don't all do that. And my mum's. Oh. Along the same lines as that last clip, not exactly a one-liner, but a nice back and forth between Professor Beer and the Canadian consultant. A weekend away from work, mm-hmm. which I see that you've billed to Kirk University yep. here. Where did you go? Anal. Anal? It's in Dorset. You took a weekend away to Anal Dorset? Yep. I've never done that myself. And now one true one-liner from Professor Beer describing Imogen Moffat. There she goes, Imogen Moffat. All arms and legs, like someone trying to fold deck chairs into a suitcase. And our last clip of the show today, and the best one-liner of the series, here's Jason Armitage greeting his new platonic lesbian friend. Hey, there you are. Long time no chat, oh gay stranger. Simple, but brilliant. Which is really how I describe this whole show. It's simple, it's six episodes, it's a quick, easy-to-digest show. There's a lot you can miss out on if you don't pay attention, but if you're looking just for an easy watch where you don't have to pay attention, it gets that purpose done as well. So to wrap up the program today, I want to do a couple new things. First of all, I want to give a bingeability rating. This is essentially how easy is it to go through all the episodes one after another. And how compelled are you to go on to the next episode after the last one ends? I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10 for bingeability just because it's so short. It's six episodes. It, all, it loses a few points because you're not exactly compelled to go to the next episode unless there's no cliffhangers or anything, unless you're really invested in these characters, which is a bit of a shame because once you do get invested in these characters after a couple episodes, you only have two or three more to go and then then it's over. Which leads me to my second rating I want to give, a rewatchability rating. This rating is based off of how easy it is to rewatch, how compelled I am to rewatch it, and how many jokes did I pick up on on a second or third subsequent subsequent rewatch. I'm going to give Campus an 8 for rewatchability on the second rewatch and then a 4 or 5 after that only because it's such a short show that on the second rewatch it's great because it is it's it, it is pretty dense you pick up on a lot of jokes you might have missed those either quick transition jokes or the ones while the music's playing things like that but after a second rewatch there just really isn't much you've probably missed after that so there's not unless you really just want to go and reminisce with those characters that you miss there's really not much reason to rewatch after a second time. Overall, I really enjoyed this show. If you enjoyed what you heard today in these clips, please check it out. It's on Netflix. Short and sweet. Let me know what you think. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking TV. Please leave some feedback. You can email me. It's in the description. Any comments, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. Again, thank you for listening. And if you made it this far, you are certainly streets ahead. <laughs>